Well, let's continue with the show here today and welcome onto the show the South African Human Rights Commission Gauteng Provincial Manager Buang Jones. We're going to be looking at the Commission's report into water treatment in Hamanskral. Mr. Jones, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, Casey, and good morning to your listeners. Let's go back, perhaps, and take a look at what necessitated, what necessitated the investigation by the HRC in the first place. In 2018, the South Human Rights Commission received a complaint from the Hammanskral Residence Forum. The complaint was about the quality of water that was being supplied to communities in Hamanskral and surrounding areas. And over the last three years, the Commission has received repeated complaints of water pollution, pollution of groundwater, pollution of um, key water infrastructure, the dams in, in the city of Twanin and the rivers. And it is against this backdrop that the Commission decided to convene a formal inquiry on the 26th of February 2021, where we invited the Department of Water and Sanitation and the City of Tuani and the Department of Environmental Affairs to come and provide answers to the many questions that the residents had raised with the Commission. And this inquiry was preceded by a number of inspections with the Portfolio Committee on Human Settlements, Water and Sanitation, the City of Swani, the Department of Water and Sanitation, and other stakeholders. And we have um, um, uh, shown light on this issue, and it is through the intervention of the Commission that as we are busy with the inquiry, that the short-term interventions were being implemented by the City. And yesterday we released this report which uh, is a formal pronouncement by the Commission on what needs to be done and on the way forward. We have now made adverse findings against the city of Swani. We have found that the city of Swani has violated the right to dignity, the right to clean environment, and the right of access to clean water of the residents of the city of Swani and, and surrounding areas. We've also directed that the Department of COCTAP should declare um, the, 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 the areas of the city of Swan as national disaster. They should also, um, the, the Department of Water and Sanitation should take over the running of water and sanitation services in the city of Swan. The department or, or, or should invoke Section 63 of the National Water Act. They have done um, undertaken a similar intervention following the Commission's report into the degradation and pollution of the Val River system. And we are beginning to see changes happening, and we are hoping with this report there will be a much needed change. We've also called for a criminal prosecution of the current acting city manager and, and, and former municipal managers or city managers of the city of Swanee under whom the, the deterioration and degradation of the environment and the water resources and sources uh, 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 happened under their watch. And we hope in due course actions will be taken with giving the state respondents a period of 60 days 
within which to respond to the Commission's report. Lastly, we've requested the, the government to establish a national water care entity which will take over the running of sanitation services across all municipalities. We think that this national water care entity will assist in addressing the challenges that are played in municipalities. We think that the city of Swani, or what is happening in the city of Swani, is a microcosm of what, what is happening across other municipalities in the country. It's, it's quite a lot that you have come to in terms of the final findings of this report and your recommendation. So I want, to, I want us to go through some of it perhaps in a bit more detail. The city of Tswane over this last term, let's say between 2016 and now, has undergone quite a lot of changes when it comes to leadership. We have seen the contestation between different political parties, the the breaking down of coalitions and how that has had an effect on service delivery. So when then you determine who to hold accountable for the state of affairs, how far back are you looking? Because we also know that the problems of the quality of water in 2018 did not just begin in 2018, but a lot of them are actually quite historic. You have a deterioration that had taken place over a series of years. Yes, uh, the, the commission um, will go as far back as 2005. The challenges in the city of Tuani uh, stem from as far back as 2005 and crime does not prescribe. So we will um, uh, pursue uh, action uh, against those who are responsible. The commission is within its rights to lay criminal charges and for the police to then um, uh, conduct a thorough investigation. Communities who have had sight of this report can also lay criminal charges. The water regulator itself can also lay criminal charges. Um, I, I think the, the, the challenge that is kicked up, particularly when we're conducting an investigation in the Val, is that the South African Police Service is um, not fully equipped to uh, investigate environmental crimes and that's where we need to come in. That's where we need other role players, the Clean Scorpions and NGOs, to assist with capacitation or to ensure that there is sufficient capacity within SAPS to investigate environmental crimes. And we hope that the SAPS will seize this opportunity by thoroughly investigating this, by establishing the, the connection between the deterioration and the leadership deficiencies within the city because the, the municipal managers have constitutional obligations that they need to discharge. Mm. They have obligations in terms of the Municipal Systems Act. They have obligations in terms of the Municipal Finance Management Act. And there has to be a thorough investigation. And we hope that through this report, we enhance accountability at the local uh, government uh, level. So, so I think, you know, the question that, that, that I was asking wasn't really around whether or not there should be accountability. I just wanted to understand how is the Human Rights Commission going to apportion 
that accountability. So are you looking at this is what didn't work in 2018. This was the city manager. These were the officials that were responsible for uh, for this function at the time. Therefore, they are the ones that must be charged. And so if you are taking that approach, at the end of the day, how many people are we looking at here that now stand to be criminally liable for their failure to actually deliver services to the people of Tswane? We, we, we're looking at possibly uh, four city managers, four to five city managers, and there is enough evidence mm. in our view mm. because the regulator, that is the Department of Water and Sanitation, issued three directives. They, they issued directives and notices uh, to the city, and these directives and notices were not complied with. And, and that is enough. Uh, and and, and the, the levels of pollution are, docu- are well documented. And we don't think it will be a difficult case. There is enough evidence. The, the, the Department of Authorities had previously intimated that they were considering also laying criminal charges. Mm-hmm. And we think that they can also use this report to lay criminal charges against those responsible. So you're looking at four to five city managers who were managers in the city of Tswane between which period? So from from 2005 to date. Oh, okay. Okay. So basically you're tracking it all the way from 2005 to date. Let's talk about yes. some of what you have found in terms of the administrative failures that have resulted, of course, in this work not being done. And if there are any similarities between what you have found in Tswane versus what you found in Sidibeng. There are similarities in that um, these two municipalities um, have failed to prioritize operations and maintenance Mm. of wastewater infrastructure. They have always used the excuse of vandalism and theft to hide deficiencies and inadequacies within their system. We have previously called for the municipalities to find a way of using the revenue, uh, the revenue they make from uh, the water and sanitation to reinvest it in refurbishment and upgrading of existing infrastructure. Mm. So what has uh, uh, been clear is that there hasn't been uh, sufficient planning there hasn't been sufficient resources, human and, and financial resources allocated to um, deal with the challenges that the Commission has highlighted in this report. I'm assuming, though, that in their financial statements and in their reports between 2005 and 2021, that there was budget that was allocated for maintenance. Yes. And, and, and that's what we need to uh, zoom into, the granular details of how much was spent and for what purpose. Was it spent for, for, for the intended purpose or not? We also need to look at the service delivery choices of these two municipalities. But we cannot um, also shy away from the fact that the, the, the leadership instability at this two municipalities has somehow caused the dysfunction 
mm. that we have witnessed because approaches differ um, between the different administrations. But we need a more coherent approach, a more coordinated approach and response to this issue. And that is why we are saying uh, the, the Department of Cocta should declare this as national disaster so that there is increased focus, coherence and synergy in dealing with this issue. All right. So those are just some of the findings by the Human Rights Commission into the water treatment works in the city of Tswane. And of course, it is some residents, particularly in Hamanskral, uh, that have experienced the worst of um, the, the, the lack of water sanitation and lack of maintenance when it comes to those treatment plants. We'll continue our conversation with Buang Jones in a moment. You can also be part of this conversation on zero double one seven one four two double zero six. It's absolutely concerning, you know, that from two thousand and five you would have this approach from different city managers who simply do not prioritize, do not prioritize what one would think are basic things to do, like maintaining your infrastructure. Why would that not be part of what is prioritized? We'll continue this conversation after the 10.30 news. Luyanda is standing by with your headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation with Buang Jones of the South African Human Rights Commission. He is the Gauteng Provincial Manager, and we're looking at their report into the water waste treatment works in the city of Tswane. As you heard there, one of their recommendations is that uh, the national department should actually declare that area a national disaster, and hopefully that will help improve the interventions and even the resources that flow uh, to the city of Tuan in terms of re-establishing some of these sewage and water treatment plants to ensure that residents at the end of the day have much better access to water or at least quality water uh, that they can use to run their daily lives. Tami, you're calling us from Kimberley. Good morning. Good morning, Sis Katie. Thank you very much for uh, taking my call and, mm. and, 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 and good morning to the one that is interviewed. Sis uh, Katie, uh, um, water is a basic right and it's enshrined in our constitution. But the question that I want to ask this morning is Does South Africa have a problem of water or are we having a shortage of engineers? to make sure that water is, is, is passed to the residents. Because it is not only a Tuane problem, it's actually a problem in all other areas that always water is being shut down or, or the, the, the sewage mm-hmm. problem and so on. So do we have a crisis of water in this country or is it maladministration or is our systems not working properly in order to give water to the residents? Because um, if we do have a crisis of water, how do we then, as government, intervene to make sure that our dams provide water for our communities? Because uh, our communities cannot live without water. And, 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 and many, many lives are affected 
if there is no water in a particular city, especially mm-hmm. those that are very disadvantaged and they cannot buy water. There was also another notion, Siskedi, whereby people were opening water uh, businesses and sabotaging uh, uh, the council's water to be supplied to the people in order for their business to grow. So I will listen yeah. to the radio for the end. Look, you know, Tammy, I think that when one looks at different municipalities and the threads of problems that seem to be common among these different municipalities. It's really a mix of all of the issues that you've raised. So yes, South Africa Mm. is an arid country and therefore we should be using water as wisely as possible, especially thinking about the future and what future supply of water looks like. In the same breath, however, the situation in many places is exacerbated by the fact that you have officials that are failing to fulfill their basic mandate. So a third of South Africa's water is actually lost to leaks. It just doesn't make it into people's homes. And and that comes down to issues of maintenance. When there is a leaking pipe and it is reported with the council, is that issue attended to? Or does it sit there for months, for weeks, for years? And those are the issues that we could be fixing that may help the end consumer. Yes, because also you can see, if you walk down the street, you can see uh, 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 rains that are leaking Mm. and which creates an extra crisis. Because if we have a shortage of water, but we are wasting water so much. Mm. There is so much wastage of water because there are pipes that are open that are not attended to. And also, uh, you find that next door you, there is a farm that they can create a borehole where water is accessed for free. If we have a crisis of water, why don't we opt for boreholes? Why don't we opt for dojos that can, that can help communities to have water? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll yes. give I'll give Wang Jones also an opportunity to to respond to your question based on what they have found in their report. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Katie. Sure, Mr. Jones. Yes. Um. I would like to echo your sentiments and also add that uh, water management has been a challenge. We 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 have not as a country invested sufficiently in um, upgrading our water infrastructure and building new infrastructure to meet the demands of the growing population. And this was recently acknowledged by the Deputy Minister of Water and Sanitation, Mr. David Masobo. There are other uh, uh, challenges at the lo- local sphere of government that we need to deal with. We in Houghton, for example, we have to deal with increased urbanization, and that is why we rely on water supply. Some of the water supply comes from as far as Lesotho, because South Africa is a water scarce country. So it is important that we uh, protect this precious resource. We also need to work with the far- farmers, who some of them have um, a, a water reserves that could be used to. Um, um, uh, assist government in supplying water to communities that uh, need water. Uh, some of these dams are located in farms, and uh, the water is not accessible for use uh, to many communities who need this very scarce resource. And we need to all work collectively to find solutions as we face an uncertain future climate. We need to find sustainable ways of uh, addressing this issue.
so uh, you know Wang, as far as we know right the the hrc in as far as its recommendations are concerned does not have a good track record when it comes to people actually implementing those recommendations so what happens next what happens now well i i, I would like to disagree with you um the 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 commission's reports over the years have not been challenged. So uh, if you have to talk about a, a good track record, look at the reports that we have released. Our findings have not been challenged or set aside by any court of law. We are currently monitoring the implementation of some of the remedial actions we highlighted in our in our reports. Uh, last week we had a meeting with the, the three spheres of government to discuss the implementation. Uh, uh, of our uh, findings and recommendations regarding the Val River system. And government has acknowledged that it is a problem and they are doing something about it. So uh, I think we, we, we need to do more to communicate our achievements and to uh, assure South Africans that we remain a reliable voice for them and will continue to work uh, towards entrenching a culture of human rights in planning and in how we deal with uh, human rights issues in South Africa, we will remain integral in finding lasting solutions for this country and we will do our best to continue to strengthen democratic governance. So, so, so the issue that I'm raising here is not in terms of the integrity of the reports, but to the extent to which government agencies or even prosecutorial agencies follow up on the recommendations of the Human Rights Commission. Oftentimes, you're finding yourself having to encourage these different entities to implement your recommendations. And by and large, it seems that you are at the mercy of whichever department it is. That that you have to convince them to see the suggestions in the way that you do. No, no, not um, exactly. It's not exactly how you've put it, but we have many successes. And the government, in terms of responsiveness, has improved. And (laughs) we will continue to hold government accountable. We have the right to um, hold every sector uh, in the country uh, accountable for for human rights. So we will continue to do our, our best. Uh, and people can always go back to our annual reports to see the kind of work that we do. People should go and check uh, how Parliament has engaged with our own reports and has held us accountable because we are only accountable uh, to, to, to Parliament. But we, we, we do accept criticism and we'll continue to improve to ensure that we serve South Africans the best way we can. Okay. All right, we're going to leave it there with uh, Wuang Jones. He is the Gauteng Provincial Manager of the Human Rights Commission. Uh, somebody asking what happened to the multi-million rands timber and Babeliri wastewater treatment projects undertaken in the early 2000s by the city of Tswani. Also, whether the HRC is aware 
of the Lawyers for Human Rights sponsored litigation against the projects and what impact that litigation had. Yeah, that's something that I think we'll need to look into a lot more closely. So we're going to take a quick break and when we continue, we will be focusing then on the switch to from analog to digital. Seems like it's finally going to happen this time round. 31st of March, 2022, uh, touch wood, as they say, <laughs> because we've been here before, right? Haven't we? All right, so we'll find out exactly what are the interventions that need to be put in place before that can happen.